You're listening to episode 120 of the Mad Chatters podcast, January 11th, 2017. Most everyone's mad here. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Mad Chatters Podcast, your very important date with the happenings at Walt Disney World and around the Disney Universe. My name's Derek, and joining me today are my co-hosts, Matthew. Howdy. And Jeremy. City of Stars. So, Matt, you went to Walt Disney World this weekend. You want to talk about that? We took a trip to Walt Disney World on Saturday night on our, our weekend together that we enjoyed. And uh, uh, we set out late Saturday. And, and this is what I always like to do. I like spending the afternoons and evenings at the parks. It has been hard to kind of convert my wife, Jessica, to that because she hates the crowds, especially at the Magic Kingdom at uh, around closing, parades, fireworks, stuff. But um, she wanted to go. She recommended the Magic Kingdom. I said, heck yeah, let's go. So we got in the car, drove up, and got there right around 5 o'clock. So I said, hey, why don't we just kind of drive over to the Contemporary, eat uh, early dinner at the Contempo, Contempo Cafe, yeah. and, then, and then, you know, walk or take the monorail over to the Magic Kingdom. And, and that's what we did. And um, little known fact... If you are going to eat at a resort, you can tell the people at the front gate of that resort, we are here to eat here. Now, it's not a guaranteed thing. If they're booked, parking lot is full, you may or may not be able to park there. But more often than not, they'll let you park there if you're going in to spend money and buy and eat. Um, So we went and eat at the Contempo Cafe. Jessica got the, um, the hot turkey sandwich, which was a little different than the one I had. It still had the apple slices, but it didn't have the... The Gruyere cheese, or was it the other? What was the other cheese? I thought it was brie. The brie. It didn't have brie on it. It was just a turkey. It had a um, cranberry um, sauce kind of thing on it. It was really good. Very delicious. And then I had the spicy chicken sandwich, which was a buffalo chicken sandwich. (laughs) But it was good. But it was really, really tasty. And it had like a vegetable slaw on top of it. Both came with fries. We got our 20% annual pass discount. So... I mean, it was wonderful, and and Jessica, who had never really thought twice about like the resort quick service, was you know impressed by the quality versus what we would get in the park, paying about the same price for much better food in a much more relaxed setting within walking distance of the Magic Kingdom. So a convert, yes, a convert for sure. And so then we went to the Magic Kingdom. It was remarkably uncrowded. The marathon that was scheduled for Saturday morning was canceled because of weather. There was a lot of storms here. So I think that deterred some people away from the parks. It was very cold for Florida in the upper 40s, lower 50s, when the sun started kind of started to go down. Um, so it was, it was fairly uncrowded at the parks at Magic Kingdom. We just did a few things with um, Anna, took her to see Minnie and Daisy at the Pete Silly Sideshow which is where I come to a rant. And I would save it for 11-second rants, but this person deserves more than 11 seconds uh, of my ranting. Oh, boy. Her name is Danielle. And 
Danielle was working at Pete Silly Sideshow as the manager kind of for Mickey and Minnie around 7.30 on Saturday night. So any managers, quality control listening, Danielle, 7.30, Pete Silly Sideshow. Oh, she getting called out. Yeah. She, this, working with characters um, and children is not her spiritual gift. She needs to find somewhere else to plug in and serve the mouse because this is not it. Um, <laughs> the place was fairly empty. It was about a 15-minute wait. Nobody was waiting out the door. We were not. We were all inside and in the queue. It was warm. This lady took every opportunity. Like if she had nothing to do, she would turn around, go down the line, and just... Could everyone please take a step forward, please? Could everyone please take it all the way down the line? Whether it was necessary or not. Like, there wasn't, like, massive gaps. Nobody was waiting out the door. Nobody was in a hurry. Nobody was... We weren't cramped for space or anything. But as soon as the line moved and people came in to see the characters, like somebody went, she would do her little rounds. It was almost like she was just on clockwork. Like, this is what we do. As soon as somebody was taken into the... Could, could everybody take a step forward, please? And it wasn't, she wasn't being rude, but the look on her face was just so smug and just like, I'm the manager for Mickey and Minnie tonight, and you're going to do what I say. It was When she came like the third or fourth time by us, Jessica was having to say, Matt, just don't say anything. Just don't say anything. Because <laughs> I was like, we cannot even, there's nowhere to even move forward. There's not even space in front of us. Just an unpleasant experience. And one of the things I didn't like was... Not only that, but she was, um, as she was making people move forward, she said, if you have autograph books, go ahead and have those ready. So what Danielle would do when the family would, it was their turn to come in and see Minnie or Daisy, and then they go on to see Minnie, she would take all the autograph books from that family for however many kids there were. And she would go ahead in front of the kids and get Daisy to sign them before the kids came in and took their picture. And then while they were getting their picture made with Daisy and the people left Minnie, she would go on to Minnie and get them to sign it before the kids got there. I was like, why can't the kids just take their autograph books to the character, Yeah. have them ready to go. You stand there and help them. That's what you're for. This lady just was in like business mode, assembly line, get them in, get them out, you know, forget the experience, not smiling, not interacting with the, the families at all, not interacting with the children. Her interaction with the characters were just really awkward. Like, okay, Daisy, it's time to go on a water break. Daisy was kind of acting like she didn't want to. You know, like, I want to stay here and, and meet the people or whatever. And the lady's like, no, let's go. It's time to go. <laughs> I mean, maybe it was just an off night. They were down some people and they, they brought her in from the Haunted Mansion <laughs> or something. But she just does not need to be there. I, that is one of the things that drives me crazy is when someone is acting like they don't want to do what they are doing at Disney World and there could be a first timer and a last timer there um, trying to meet Daisy and Minnie and that is their experience being hassled down the line have their autograph books taken away and it's just like in and out here you go bye bye wham bam thank you ma'am so Danielle if you're listening just take this as constructive criticism and just learn to let people be yeah, just tighten up. Just tighten up. That's all I can say. That's what they say here in Central Florida. Just tighten up. Um, but that was not a, de- a de- uh, detriment on our evening. We had a wonderful evening, even though it was a little chilly. Got to do lots of things. Enjoyed the 
pirates and um good lord what else did we do the tiki room which anna has taken taken a liking to as far as singing the song she's learning yes i knew i loved her yeah so she enjoyed it we've been singing it at home and like teaching it to her so when she was finally there and it came on she was like ah tiki room tiki room um so that was wonderful so altogether a wonderful night except for danielle uh contempo cafe is a a go-to i think a lot for us now that's going to be a regular stop Mm. for that kind of thing yeah. You know, the Bible say, train that mm. child up in the way she should go. And yes. when she is old, she will not accept under new management. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's Ecclesiastes. That's what it says. So, Danielle is going on the list with Cheryl. <laughs> it sounds uh, like. Yeah, she, she's on Cheryl's. She's on the list. Uh, uh, this, this should be a new segment. Matt's uh, cast member appreciation of the month. That's we'll right. That. There's. Listen, that's a short list. There's only those two on there. It's like, true. You need to go do something else. Hmm. Now, it sounds like you got there too late to see Muppets, right? Because it's dark. Yeah, we did. We honestly did not even go over that direction. We went to Adventureland, over to Fantasyland, Tomorrowland, and, and kind of headed out. Um, but yeah, yeah it, was, it was like six, five or six by the time we got in there anyway. Okay. It still eludes you. Um, yes. But you mentioned the marathon. I couldn't believe that when I heard that news. Like, is that unprecedented? I mean, they straight up canceled an event that people surely had flown across the country to do. I don't know if it's unprecedented or not. No. Um, <laughs> that's a good question to read some history on. And I didn't, I mean, I did wake up. We live in Central Florida. So 6 a.m. I mean, it was storming, like hardcore rain. It was kind of getting chilly. And it sounded like lightning was going to explode our house. But um, so they, they should have canceled it. We actually sat next to two people at the Contempo Cafe, not with them, but like adjacent tables. And we kind of struck up a little conversation because we had kids and talking about the parks. They were DVC members. Um, they were there. For, she was doing the half marathon, which was on Sunday morning. That that went off, I think, as, as scheduled. No, I think it was the half marathon that was canceled. Okay, so the full marathon went on as scheduled on Sunday morning. Yeah. Okay, so the guy was there for the half marathon Saturday. She said they gave him a full refund on the marathon, but I don't know about plane and all that stuff. I guess they're just out. I would think so. I mean, you still get to go to Disney World, I I assume. Um, And I don't blame them for canceling it at all. Like, that's just a hard call to make. But still, man. There's lots of little things, which I didn't realize this until being there, the contemporary and talking to them. There's lots of things that go along with the marathon that you get in the price. You know, there's the, the expo, all these little expos and convention type things that go around it. So um, you still get all of that, I, I guess. But he was refunded and she was still doing the marathon on Sunday morning. Sure. Interesting. Well, speaking of things that'll make you cramp up, uh, have you all seen the recent release of uh, this Bell Dow that. Dow. I'm sorry. Bell Dow. Bell Dow. Doll. Bell Dow. A Bell Dow. Dow. Um, doll. Doll. That is being released for Beauty and the Beast. Um, it's supposed uh-huh. to be Emma Watson. I saw this online today. Okay, first of all, excellent transition. I approve. Thank you. And second Thank of all, yeah, I saw this online today. What'd you think? Yeah, have, have you seen this, Matthew? I'm looking at it right now. Okay, the big controversy is everybody says that it doesn't look like Emma Watson. It looks like Justin Bieber. Uh, Do you see it? 
No, I would say they were going for Emma Watson. They got the ring. <laughs> the <laughs> like ring? The horror movie? <laughs> yeah, like the horror movie. They got Samara. <laughs> I I can see Justin Bieber, but it might just be the power of suggestion, you know? Why is her head so. so big? It's so big. That's the big problem. Like, her body is this itty-bitty <laughs> petite thing, and then her head is, like, creepy. Now, Derek, you also have an opinion about her singing ability in the recent trailer. Well, I didn't know this was going to be a diss Emma Watson episode. Listen, <laughs> I love Emma Watson. I think she's great as Hermione. I just, we were on our phones this weekend while the Golden Globes were on, and I heard that singing, and my first thought was, this was like, an SNL commercial or some sort of parody where someone was singing that song and I look up and I'm shocked to find that it's an actual trailer for the movie and it gets better like her singing voice got better by the end of the little TV spot but I was like oh no oh yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting I read something online right before we started recording this may not be true but it might be true and I read that Emma Watson passed up La La Land to do Beauty and the Beast, and Ryan Gosling passed up Beauty and the Beast to do be in La La Land. Well, they both lose. Aww. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't like La La Land. I'm just um, I don't think Emma Watson could have carried La La Land, to be honest. No. Um, and I'm a little skeptical if she can carry Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, it's, it's definitely... I, I don't know. You know, for somebody who's not known as a singer to step into a role as iconic and I'm using that word and not apologizing for it an iconic role as Belle uh, that's that's some big shoes to fill mm-hmm. and so uh, now and, y'all are y'all are doubtful now you're well, doubtful I, I'm, I'm excited to see it and I'm going in with with high hopes but when they released that teaser of her singing um, is it a different song or is it the same song that like a week ago, really. Last week they released something there. This one was "I Want Adventure in the Great Wide Somewhere." Yeah, when I heard something there, I was like, "Ooh, yeah. that's kind of rough." Because it's more like she's not really <laughs> singing; she's like melodiously talking. It's so British too. Like you hear her whole accent come through on that song. <laughs> anyway, so we'll see. We we have till March. Mm, yeah. Well, speaking of things that are bad and maybe even a little ugly. Let's start this episode with a round of the good, the bad, and the ugly. You said we have till March, like she gets to rehearse till then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it'll be better in two months. We've had two months to prepare ourselves. (laughs) Yes, to prepare our hearts and minds. To adjust our hopes, yes. We're going to all be on top of each other with our goods on this, but I have multiple choices. Yeah, you might be right. Why don't you go ahead and explain this segment to listeners who may not be familiar? Um, The good, bad, and the ugly is when we take an aspect of Walt Disney World and we rank it according to those names. Um, Our traditional caveat being that bad... Um, does not necessarily mean it should be destroyed, but that it should be improved upon or given some attention. 
Um, while ugly does mean it should be done away with. So good is good, bad is needs work, and ugly is um, it needs to go away. Incinerate it. And our category is ride scenes. Scenes from Walt Disney World attractions, dark rides, boat rides, whatever, um, that, that fit these different categories. So Jeremy, why don't you go ahead and give us your good for attraction scenes. All right, for my good, I'm going to take us to the Magic Kingdom to my favorite attraction, and my good is the end scene of Splash Mountain. Mm, uh, there goes I, my number one. Oh, really? Oh. Are you for real? No. I was going to say. It was the first one I wrote down, but then I was like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> you go ahead. I know you're number one. Uh, no, I love this scene. Um, I, I, well, I've mentioned before, I love this attraction. To me, this is the perfect attraction as far as the blend of excitement and story mm -hmm. element and audio animatronics and Disney magic. It just blends it all so perfectly. And so I love that um, after you have really the climatic thrill of the attraction, you think you're just going to kind of pull back into the dock and uh, you know unload, but you go through this whole other final scene that is just really stunning as far as the audio animatronics and the uh, overall feeling of the scene. I mean, Zippity Doodah has become one of those iconic Disney songs. In fact, I would place it second behind When You Wish Upon a Star as far as just recognizable Disney song. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Essentially Disney song. And so you come into this scene and you're just overwhelmed by the cheer and the happiness of it all. And the chickens, of course, on the boat just are so outrageously fabulous. They're just amazing. And I uh, love those birds so much. Like their hands are raised or their heads, I mean, <laughs> like they're not even looking down. They're like, oh, yes. And they're playing those tambourines. Yes, and they just, you know, singing and shouting. And then there's, of course, the hidden Mickey in the clouds, if you see that. It's Mickey Mouse lying down. Yeah, sometimes it's there and sometimes it's not. Like, I feel like for a while there, they took it out. I don't know why. Maybe the light bulb burnt out. But, uh, <laughs> yes. you know, then you have the you have the conclusion of uh, Br'er Fox and Br'er Bear. And uh, the gator has his tail and, the, you know, he's kind of pushing his butt. You know, in, Yeah, that scene always gets a, a little snicker. Yeah, and then, of course, you have Br'er Rabbit, and he's there kind of with his uh, wrap-up, if you would, the moral of the story. I'm back home where I belong, and I've learned my lesson. And it's just a cheerful scene, and it just makes me happy every time I go through it. And so that is my good scene. That's a great one. Can I be honest? I didn't even think of Splash Mountain. That's terrible, but that's a good one. The, uh, the moral of the attraction seems to be don't ever take chances and leave home <laughs> stay well, there no i will disagree with you on that that's a very shallow look i think the moral of the story You're calling is, me shallow i'm calling your interpretation shallow more pessimistic pessimist i would argue that the lesson being not don't take chances but don't forget where you come from i was being facetious but it That's could be interpreted that way. Just just stay home. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, I'm pretty sure we have the same number one, so why don't you go ahead and take it? Oh, really? I can take a different one. Okay. You want me to take it? Yeah, you go ahead and take it. Okay. We've talked about this a billion times on our show. Yeah. But for me, hands down, the best scene in all of Walt Disney World is at the bottom of the drop 
on Pirates of the Caribbean. The yes. music is pumping that um, driving m- movie score. You've got the big old ship. You've got a night sky that really looks like you're outside. The animatronics look better than ever. You've got the cannons blowing. And uh, it's just, that is pure Disney magic right there. It is. That's one scene that first timers, everybody always comes down and says, whoa, when we turn the corner and and you're in the middle of that battle. Um, Yeah, so much to like about both of those. Really, honestly, the first one that like came to mind, like really good scenes was the Splash Mountain finale. And then Pirates, my favorite attraction of all time. And that is probably my favorite scene of all time. But I will I will take another one that certainly deserves a mention and is not any further down the list than those two. And that is the ballroom scene at the Haunted Mansion. Mm-hmm. Perhaps one of the most impressively detailed special effects, although it's very simple, and themed environments in all of Walt Disney World is is that scene. You turn the corner from Madame Leota and the spirits are materializing and you kind of as a spectator are going along the balcony seeing this massive birthday party ball thing going on. The ghosts are kind of starting to become visible as like the kind of a transparent spirit that you would think they are. I mean, just the thought and the imagination that went into this scene to have the ballroom dancers and the guy playing the organ and the skulls coming out of the pipes and there's the portraits of the two men dueling that come to life and the spirits come out and they shoot the guns at each other. You can see them swinging from the chandeliers and sitting on the mantle and there's the birthday party. The person's blowing out the candles and when she blows out the candles, they all disappear and there's somebody, there's somebody, I guess they're like passed out drunk under the table. You see two feet sticking out. There's people coming in. There's, there's just so much to see. And I think one of my favorite aspects of this are the giant windows they're so they're like tall tall windows and you can kind of cl- see through them into the night sky outside and it's kind of stormy and their clouds passing it's just a completely immersive surrounding kind of scene that just does everything just about perfectly and the music the ballroom mm-hmm. score from the haunted mansion everything just culminates in that moment it's i mean it's it's the it's the climactic scene of the attraction for me. I know there's the graveyard scene, but this one is quintessentially Haunted Mansion. Oh, so good. Never gets mm-hmm. old. Did you guys have any honorable mentions? Because I feel like we could go on and on with the good. Um, I, I'm sorry. I just went, but I'm going to take one because I need to. Um, on Spaceship Earth. Lord, I could say this whole segment, but I'm just going to try to pick one part of it. I've always loved when you turn the corner and you have the Greek. Um, used to be like a little drama guy, and he had a mask over his face, and he was like talking. Now it's more about math, and there's a guy holding a little gyroscope and, and teaching his students. But they updated that animatronic. I think that whole scene, it's nighttime. There's the Greek kind of columns around you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little torch, and that classic Spaceship Earth torch effect with the s- smoke coming up, and it's lit orange. I love all those all those scenes in that little area. Yeah. Uh, my honorable honorable mention was the jungle scene from It's a Small World because I love like the music changes to more drum driven, you know, like kind yeah. of uh, jungleish. And then you've got the monkeys swinging on the vines. I love the hyenas who are laughing yeah. hysterically on your right. And there's the winking hippo and the giraffes who are bobbing. I just I think that scene is the best in all of It's a Small World, or it's my favorite at least. 
Like the big elephant over the door. Exactly, yes. As you go through. He's like swinging his head back and forth. And the Dixieland music kind of kick it in there. Yeah, that's what it is, yeah. That's good. Uh, my honorable mention would be the... Uh, boy, this is hard, because I would have several honorable mentions. But none of them are as good as the Splash Mountain. <laughs> like, I really like the end scenes in Space Mountain that we go by. I've mentioned those before. Um, oh, I know they're not technically in an attraction, but you know, like the little when you're on the conveyor belt going on up. The robot butler. Maybe yeah. we should have done a. Maybe we should do a top five list of these one day. Yeah, you can see them from the people mover. So I mean, kinda. If you look over, <laughs> if you lean over. Yeah, you really got to stretch your neck. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna piggyback off of Matt's bad, or excuse me, Matt's good, which was Honda Mansion, because my bad is actually Honda Mansion. And it's kind of sad because I think every scene except for the one I'm about to mention would be a would go in the good category. Like if any of you had said the graveyard scene or the seance scene for good, I would have been like, yep, yep, I totally agree with that. But the attic scene, I think, needs to change the bride. Like she looks jacked up. That is not how a person looks. And maybe they do it on purpose because she's like supposed to be ghost-like. But I don't demonic, think so. Yeah. I, yeah, I think the projection is just off. And the portraits are so cool. Like how the heads disappear, you know, as you go by. I think yeah. all of that works really well. But then when you get to her and you're like, ooh, what happened to you, girl? <laughs> I can see that. I actually had, um, in kind of my preliminary list, thinking about bad, I was I was kind of thinking of kind of some of those early scenes and the library um, or the endless hallway, and and just some tweaking of, maybe some tweaking and updating of the effects, is what I kind of had in mind. But the attic is a that's a good choice as, as well. So what is yours, uh, Pat? Uh, mine is the spaceship Earth finale. Is, is that the, can I do the whole descent uh... as my as my closing scene, and and not really even to do with the screens and uh, and the little way they've done that just. Just the dumbing down of that that descent. I mean, if you go back and watch old old footage and, and videos of the attraction, there were always wonderful. I mean, it was like another side of the ride. It was like a it was like a whole finale scene that went down um, as you were descending. And so, while I appreciate some of the lighting and the 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 little the little grid like star field and things like that. Um, more often than not, if you look around during that time, you just see black drapes. Very clearly, you see black curtains and the uh, fire escape stairs. <laughs> yeah, that's a buzzkill. <laughs> yeah, so I'll just say the Spaceship Earth finale. It's it, it's good in that I appreciate, obviously appreciate Spaceship Earth, and I would never obliterate that attraction or redo even most of the attraction, but just that finale needs some general redoing. Yeah, I'd go for it. You guys know me. I bring the controversy. And so my bad is a controversial pick. But I am I believe it. Uh, so my bad is actually the London flyover scene in Peter Pan's flight. And the reason I say it's bad and needs some improving is because I... 1971 this w- this is a cool scene mm-hmm. uh 2017 
I think we can do a little more with it. I think you yeah. can have it a little more. Uh, it's a little stale. It's a little. There's no kinetic energy, as Matt likes to throw around that term on mm -hmm. our show. I think it'd be cool to kind of uh, put some more movement and a little more realistic uh, life likeness to it. Uh, I also think that when somebody drops something into the scene, a cast member ought to go get it instead of letting the pair of sunglasses, you know, lay on the. <laughs> <laughs> on the on the river thames the whole night <laughs> so um that also ruins the effect i remember one time i wrote it a couple of times in a day and all day long somebody dropped one of those mickey stickers that they give away oh, to yes. kids and it was just laying like right there in the street and i was like really <laughs> somebody can't come pick this up you mean up? the block laying in the block it was just covering the whole block I, I, I really just think that this scene could be improved, um, especially with all the projection stuff they can do. They could even do some projection, like making it look like people are walking on the sidewalks or, you know, whatever. Uh, just just a little, little more. It does kind of give the appearance of, like, my grandpa puts a um, miniature train around his Christmas tree every year. And like the little like village, <laughs> mm -hmm. and uh, you know it kind of has that comparison, which is nice for um, my grandpa, not nice for Walt Disney World. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Like the car lights move, right? Like up and down the street, they do well, minimally. Yeah, it's just kind of like again, it's it's it was probably impressive in 1974. Sure, I think it needs some fog, mm. some very very light fog. You don't want it covering up or anything. It needs some fog. And it, it just needs to be generally darker in that in that in that area. Yeah, and, but and I, I, even I, some wind. You could put a wind effect in there because you are flying through the air. I actually I concur with you on this. That's one of my my things yeah. about Peter Pan's flight. Now again, correct me if I'm wrong. When they updated the queue, didn't they add like Tinkerbell projections in that scene, or is that a different scene? I feel like they added her somewhere. They added her in the queue. I don't know about in the attraction. Yeah, I feel like I could or, be totally wrong. Or, I feel like they added like moving lights that are supposed to look like Tinkerbell. Or did they add as well? Maybe, but I think did they do something to the moon as well, where the kids fly? That's yeah. That's always well. I mean, I don't really remember now. Did she say that? Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll write it again soon, or watch it on YouTube and get back to you. But I don't disagree with that. I really don't. As much as I love that attraction, it could use some, some up, I don't know the word. Updating. Updating. <laughs> yes. I was like, upheavals. Upheavals. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. So let's do ugly. Matt. My ugly is uh, the, the almost finale of the Little Mermaid uh, attraction. Where Triton's in the water? The story just falls apart. No, not that. That's a, I like that scene. Okay, it's the it's the it's right there where you see Ursula kind of being electrocuted. Okay, yeah. What seems to be implied is that she's being electrocuted out in the water. Never mind how that's happening or why it's happening. I mean, you go from kiss the girl right to Ursula being out there on the water, obviously apparently dying, and then to your left is the silhouette of. I think it's supposed to be Ariel and Eric, but they've got that green light going on in Ariel's throat like she's the Ursula, what was her name when she became the woman? Vanessa. Vanessa. Yeah. In the movie, she's got the green light thing going on in her throat, you know? she got the little thing hanging around her neck. 
Yeah. Um, that's Ariel's voice or whatever. So it's like, what's going on in the scene is that Vanessa is Ariel, but there's Ursula out in the water being electrocuted. But we don't know how she's being, you know, why is she dying? Um, I think <laughs> that the little poster board, like black cutout of Ursula out there, that's just kind of going up and down, like, like ah, you know, it's zero thought put into that scene. <laughs> and the proportion is all off on her. No, it's not proportion. She's in the distance. Uh, there's something off about it. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't. I guess that doesn't matter to me. It's just the. It's just the execution of the scene and and the telling of the story. Up until that point, you have had massive scenes that tell the story, and then you come to that, and you've got one of the most important scenes made into like two little vignettes, and they don't make sense together. I will never look at that scene the same way again. Yeah. yeah. So you're at Kiss the Girl, and you're like, oh, well, I guess uh, I guess she died. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, My Ugly is over at Hollywood Studios, and it's the first scene from Great Movie Ride, which, according to, uh, based on Jeremy's look right now, I took his. Um, Dang it. I thought that was so, like, I was like, nobody's going to pick Footlight Parade. Abstract. <laughs> uh, you guys, that scene has basically become a joke at this point. Yeah. Uh, like, it's not even lit. Like, you're like, what's back there? And then if you can see it, it looks like somebody's secret room, if they're like a mannequin fetish, or they have a mannequin fetish or something. <laughs> it looks it's like, like, a, like a bad display at Macy's for Christmas. <laughs> yes, it, like. it does. And it's almost like, oh, they turned off the lights because we're not supposed to see that. That's what it feels like as you slowly go by. Uh, it looks oh, like... Oh, oh, uh, come back up. It looks like Bob Iger's blow-up doll collection. That's what <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like Lars and the Real Girl, the sequel or something. <laughs> Maybe they can replace it with the La La Land scene where they fly up into the space. Oh my gosh, they should. Wait, stop. Can we just take a moment to appreciate the fact that Derek just made a Lars and the Real Girl uh, reference? <laughs> I didn't expect to hear that. That is a great movie, and if you've never seen it, I recommend it. Interesting. I don't have a problem with it being Footlight Parade. I don't. I have a problem with the execution. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it is poorly done. If you could do a cool, like, Footlight Parade scene, that would be awesome. But just stick, like you said, sticking some blow-up dolls up there behind a screen and going, mm-hmm. ooh, the 1930s were a good time for movies is not and doing it justice. There are certain podcasts and fanboys out there who will quickly tell you if you hate on that scene what it used to be. Which, to me, is beside the point. It is no longer that. Right. It's not moving. There are no water effects. So, you know, I don't care what it used to be. It's not working anymore. So, it looks terrible. Listen, I still... One of my greatest moments on this show was when we redesigned The Great Movie Ride. I don't remember what episode it is. But if you didn't hear it, go back and listen to it. (laughs) I am so proud of every scene I came up with for that whole attraction I still believe that my idea is perfect and that opening scene if it was Norma Desmond descending the stairs as you're about to enter the world of Hollywood would be perfect Mm -hmm. well anything would be be better than this like I really get the feeling as I go by that Disney's hoping you won't look like the way it's barely lit and they just kind of briefly mention it and then all of a sudden you turn the corner It's it's kind of like they're saying don't it's kind of like the Wizard of Oz quote. Like, what does he say? Like, don't ignore hey, the man. Pay no attention, attention to, to the man, man behind the curtain. Exactly. That's. It's almost like Disney is telling you that. 
I would argue that. that the only way to enjoy this scene is to get lit. <laughs> yeah. It'd almost be re- better if it was just like a if they just put a giant vibrant red theater curtain over it and like just projected the great movie ride logo on it like here's the beginning of the attraction i am 100 percent behind that seriously yeah. i like that well, you can see it kind of as you're starting to enter the theater and it makes sense to see a curtain you know and then you turn the corner and you're in the movies i like it did you have a backup jeremy i'm so sorry actually i didn't because i was so proud of footlight parade oh, uh no. that- um, let me think of something real quick. Uh, let's see. What really sucks? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it bodes well for Disney that you're having trouble with this category. How about the computer the computer room at Spaceship Earth with all the mirrors? Oh, you like that, don't you? Because the go-go girl. Yeah, I like that. I actually really like that scene. Yeah, um, for real? No, Are you crazy? I, I, you know a scene like that always kind of bothered me? That I, Again, something that they could do better with. Is the uh, Humphalump and Woozles scene at uh, Winnie the Pooh? Heffalump. Or Heffalump, you know. Yeah. What did I say? Humphalump or something. Like oh, Chuffalumps, little suckers. The <laughs> yeah. Hufflepuff and Musicals uh, scene. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, oh, the, again, the, 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 the techno. I understand the dark rides are supposed to be a little cheesy, and yeah. uh, you're supposed to get that kind of cardboard 2D feel. But you could do something cool. I mean, that's such a abstract scene that you could really come up with some fun stuff and update it. I still think one of the coolest effects is when it blows out the ring of smoke at you as you yeah. go by. Yeah. Like, that's pretty sweet, you know? That only works about 80% of the time. Yeah, but... usually it's just like a poof, and there's no noise. <laughs> no. come out. You're like, is somebody shooting at us? <laughs> what, but that? you know what's sad? Like, as, as sad as that scene is, in your opinion, like, it still terrified my nephew. <laughs> As we went through it. <laughs> so it's doing its job. Aww. Thank you for that thrilling introduction, Steve. And I think this is the first time I've ever hosted a game on the Match Hatters, isn't it? At least as my game. When you said you had a game, I thought you were kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, you hosted uh, uh, during the game episode, but this is your first standalone, so congratulations. Right. I'm, I'm not so good at, at thinking of these kind of things and making them challenging. I tend to either make things too hard or... Um, I just have to kind of make up the rules as I go because I don't think through things well enough to make it work. So we'll hope that, the, that neither of those things is true tonight. Um, the expectation now has been set. <laughs> yes. Uh, so our game tonight will be called the Walt Disney World Pre-Show Challenge. And obviously I'm going to pit Jeremy against Derek. And the way this is going to go is I'm going to pick a number one through ten. We'll choose who goes first that way. And then what I will do in each round um, is give you a hint 
Now, the first hint is going to be the name or part of the name of the host of the pre-show in a Walt Disney World attraction. If you, as the person that goes first, can guess the show, you will get three points. If you cannot, it goes to the next person, who will then get a second clue, which will either be just kind of a keyword, a key phrase, or in some cases, another host of the pre-show. If they get it on that second clue, you get two points. And then if they don't, it'll go back to the other person, which will be either, um, typically, I think for all of these, it's kind of the sending off phrase of the attraction or the catchphrase of the attraction that's usually said in the pre-show. Um, if you get it on after getting all three clues on that third round, uh, you'll get one point. So there's lots of options, uh, lots of opportunities for variations on the points. So everybody understand the, the rules? I yes. got it. All right. So I'm going to write down a number between one and ten. Derek? Five. Jeremy? What was the last bid? Six. Five. Six. Number is two. Nice. Derek will go first. I'm going to kind of start easy, naturally, and then uh, we'll go from there. And they'll gradually get harder, if not impossible. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. Challenge accepted. All right. So let's start with an easy one. Good lord, maybe they're not easy. I was going to say, I'll feel stupid if I miss it. Okay, Derek, for round one and going for three points, your first hint is Patrick. Soren. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> I, knew, I knew that one would be easy. All right, Jeremy, your yeah. first hint or clue is Rod. Tower of Terror. Good job. Woohoo. I didn't know that no I didn't know how hard that one would be. Alright, Derek, your second clue. Uh, not second clue. Round two. Moving on to round two. Derek, your turn. Your first clue for this round is Marsh. That would be dinosaur, Alex. Good job. See, I was these are too easy. No, they're not. They're just the right amount of Difficulty. They're Next. just the right amount of difficulty. Thank you. All right, Jeremy, round three. Okay. Actually, this is round four, but whatever. Question four. Attraction number four, your first clue is Clyde. The Enchanted Tiki Room. Good job. I thought that one would be harder. I did not know that one. I was excited about getting to the third one on that. The quote is, I can jolly well do one at a time. <laughs> All right, Derek. Your first clue is clinch. Quinch? Clinch. Oh, that doesn't help me either. Um... <laughs> oh, that's not helpful. <laughs> clinch. Uh, Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor. That is incorrect. Jeremy, along with Clinch, your second clue is Sir. Sir. Oh, Lord. Sir. Um, Clinch and Sir. Uh, oh, uh, 
uh, Stitch's Great Escape. That is incorrect. Oh. Derek, you have Clinch, you have Sir, and your third clue, this round now being for one point only, is Seizing the Future. Is this Timekeeper? Is that your yes? Yeah, are these are some of these extinct? Yeah, should I have said that? See, this is why I'm not good at games. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you could have given us that hint, but that's my guess, Timekeeper. It is not Timekeeper. Jeremy, do you have another guess? Uh, Horizons. No, it is the extraterrestrial <sighs> alien encounter. I had heard of Sir, and I knew it was Tomorrowland, because who played him? Like, that was a famous voice, right? Tim Curry. That's Tim Curry, right. Yes. That's right. Yep. Yeah, so extinct attractions and or, <laughs> now that we're five rounds into this, extinct attractions and or previous versions of existing attractions. All right, so Jeremy goes back to you. Fire away. Your first clue is Bill McKim. Bill McKim. Bill McKim. Um, test track. Good job. That was going to be my guess. Dang it. Good job. Other clue was Sherry, his little assistant. And a third clue would have been GM. I would have given it away. A little bit. All right, then. Back to Derek. Your first clue is general knowledge. General knowledge. Knowledge. Ellen's Energy Adventure? That is incorrect. Hmm. Jeremy. So, I'm sorry, this, this general, so this is a character? Is that what we're saying? Yes. Yeah, the first, the first clue is always the host of the pre-show. Pre-show. <laughs> pre-show. The pre-show. Um. <laughs> uh, so your first clue is general knowledge. Your okay. second clue is commandos. Oh, what was that thing in Wonders of Life that's, uh, not Body Wars, the other one. Um, oh, crikey. Uh, Cranium Command? Does that sound Dang right? Dang it. Good job for two, two points. For some reason, now. that just did not sound right to me. <laughs> it is right. All right, Derek, back to you. No, it's Jeremy. Yeah, I stole that one. Oh, that's right. See, this is why I don't do games. <laughs> Who Was there someone in between Alien Encounter and Cranium Command? Yes. Test Track. Because it was Bill McCracken or whatever his name oh, is. Oh, Bill McKim. McKim. You're right. You're right. Okay. So we're on track. Yeah. Ah. So, Jeremy. So it's going to Jeremy, right? Am I right? Yes. Yes. Good Lord. I just was alternating. Everybody takes turns. Jeremy. Yes. Round whatever. Your first clue is Ali Sansan. Ali Sansan? Ali Sansan. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Flights of Wonder. That is incorrect. That sounds like a Asia bird name. No. 
<laughs> so, Derek, you have uh, you have one clue, Ali Sansan. Your second clue is Ace. Ace. I'm going to go with Body Wars for this one. That is incorrect. Mm. So, Jeremy, you had Ali Sansan. You have Ace. Okay. So now this round is worth one point. Enjoy your flight. Star Tours? It is Star Tours. Good job. Ali Sansan is the name of the little robot hostess. Okay. The last like four points you've gotten, I've had in my head, and then you you get to guess. Oh. You're smoking me. Ace is the uh, Ace is the captain. That's supposed to be the captain before C-3PO jacks everything up, per the usual. All right, so now we go to Derek for the last round. This is the hardest one, I think. Your first clue is Dr. Fletcher. Dr. Fletcher. Food Rocks. That is incorrect. Jeremy, for this round, your second clue is Splinter. Dr. Fletcher and Splinter. See, there's not a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles attraction. <laughs> Splinter. Um, and these are attractions? There, there are no shows, right? These are attractions, correct. Uh, right. Right. Okay. Dr. Fletcher <laughs> and Splinter. Um, let's just go with. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Journey into Imagination. That that is incorrect. Here, Derek. Back to you for the third clue. The only one tonight whose third clue is not the catchphrase for the attraction. Okay. You have Dr. Fletcher, Splinter. Third clue is Leonard Nimoy. Well, that doesn't help me at all, so I'm just going to guess what I was what I was going to guess after the second clue, which is once again Body Wars. And correct. you would be correct. Is he a voice in Body Wars? He, he wrote these. Uh, oh yeah, he directed it. Ah, interesting. That kind of sounds familiar now that you say it, but I'd forgotten that. Well, I think Jeremy pointed it out once before. Yeah, the splinter was the clue. Um, that helps me. All right, so tonight's winner is Jeremy with a score of 12. Coming up in a close second is Derek with a score of 7. Woohoo! It's nice to have a different winner on the game because I'm hosting. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you such a jerk. Uh, oh, me. Congratulations, Jeremy! have won this match at our game! Join us next time. Same match at our podcast. Same match at our On this week's show, Disney Regrets. 
When you look back at your very first trip to Walt Disney World, or maybe even your most recent trip, what do you wish you could go back and change? So we're going to be talking about things we did that we regret doing. We're going to talk about some things we wish we could do differently. But first, we're going to talk about things we wish we had the chance to do, but no longer have the opportunity. Maybe they're extinct. Uh, Maybe we weren't even there. Maybe Jeremy and I weren't even there when these things were around. Uh, So let's start with those. Jeremy, what are some things you wish you had the chance to do? I feel like this is a good good part. Uh, time to put in like that. If I could turn back time. <laughs> Anyways, uh, there are a lot of things at Walt Disney World that I wish I could experience. Um, either simply because I didn't get to go experience it because I didn't go till uh, we were just talking about 10 years ago was our first trip. Um, so there's stuff even before I was born that I wish I could experience. Several of the, most of them are attractions. Um, I wish I could experience Horizons just because that is such a fanboy love you know people just absolutely adore that attraction um but as matt reminds us there's a reason why it went away so it clearly uh ran its time but in its heyday i would have liked to seen horizons i would have liked to have seen the original uh imagination pavilion um with the dream finder and all that kind of thing again just something back in its heyday just to meet dream finder with figment out in front of the attraction as i've seen in pictures would be cool don't you feel like sometimes we've met him like i we never saw him in the park like he was never part of disney world when you and i went but i feel like we've talked about him and seen pictures of him so much that sometimes i'm like yeah we met him no no i've never seen him ever is that not mandela syndrome or nelson syndrome or something the Nelson Mandela syndrome, yeah. Yeah, you make up things and you start believing the reality. There you go. That's what I have. Some people just call it crazy. <laughs> uh, I would have liked. I would like to um, experience Countdown to Extinction before it was changed to Dinosaur. Oh yeah. If for nothing else, I just want to know for sure whether or not the ride was scarier or faster or whatever they are louder. That always seems to be debated online. About- Listen, I wrote it in the opening year. I don't remember being any different. Hmm. I always hear that the pterodactyl, which now just screeches, like actually came toward you a little bit. Because he is on that string, so it makes sense. Yeah. Um, I would like to experience alien, alien encounter, you know, back in its heyday. But the thing that I honestly want to see the most, and this is so whatever, but it's so Jeremy. We'll put it that way. I would love to go back and see the Disney afternoon show that was in yes. Mickey's Starland or whatever that I've seen on YouTube, but it just looks so fun. Jeremy, I'm surprised at you. I thought you were going to say ride the Backlot Tour when the Golden Girls facade was there. Oh, gosh, I forgot all about that. Yes, that too. Absolutely. That's up there with Disney afternoon. I, yes. And, and you know, from what I understand... At least in in the opening year of Backlot Tour, couldn't you used to also walk? Wasn't it a walkthrough? You could walk through it um, at least. I mean, I don't know about that, maybe, but you could certainly walk through it during the spectacle of Dancing Lights because that was part of it. All the houses were were lit up as well. Mm. So if I could go like walk up the driveway and like stand by the front door? I don't think you could do that, but you could walk down the street. 
Okay, well, at least, okay, but it, more than just being on the tram passing by. I heard you could cook in their kitchen and sit on their <laughs> furniture. Oh, I would, I would die. I would literally die. Until you open the door and it's just chip plywood. Yeah. All on the end. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Golden Girls, quick shout out uh, in case you hadn't heard the news. Um, all seven seasons of Golden Girls coming to Hulu next month. So if yes, you Hulu, get it. As if you guys don't have the DVD box sets. Come on. Listen, it's I. I proclaim the good news of the Golden Girls. So I want. Yes, that's to... what that's what they have said. Go into all the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. Uh, Hulu doesn't stop. You know, you start playing Hulu, unless there's, like, a connection error, it'll just keep playing. Mm-hmm. You know, Amazon will play, like, three. Netflix will play a couple. Are you still watching? Trying to be all environmentally conscious and stuff. But uh, <laughs> Hulu just keeps all rolling. Yep. I sometimes forget about it. I come back later in the day. We're five seasons later. It's still playing. <laughs> I, uh, I, I wish they – here's the technology they need. They need to be able to, like – see your eyelids shut because i fall asleep <laughs> watching netflix and then i wake up and i appreciate the fact that it turns off because but the worst part is i got to figure out where i fell asleep which episode it was in yeah so if there was like a thing where as soon as it could tell that i was in some rem sleep then it would just turn off hmm. well see i appreciate things going while i'm sleeping i like the tv on and and playing so i don't like waking up and it being off I'd like to wake up and see Dorothy right there beside me still. <laughs> well, now you can. Yes. <laughs> okay, my list is going to be pretty similar to Jeremy's, so I'll go ahead and list some of these. Alien Encounter and Dreamfinder were both on mine. I really wish I had had the chance to see Mickey Mouse Review, uh, which was before PhilharMagic, before Lion King. Like, I think I would have really enjoyed that show. And I love that we still have the animatronics of the Three Caballeros, but I want all of them. Um, y'all, I never watched Captain EO, and I know I was at Walt Disney World numerous times while that was there, but I just never watched it. And now I'm like, why did I never take, what, 10, 15 minutes to go watch that show? I don't know. It was Probably because we thought it was going to come back again as well. And it might. It might. It just might. They should have brought it to Hollywood Studios during all this in between, but whatever. Um, I also never went to Disney World during Christmas time until this year, so I missed my chance to see the Osborne Lights, which I'm kind of sad about. Um, and finally, my last one is actually very relevant and topical because just this week they debuted a new welcome show, which happens not outside the train station like it has for years, but it happens on the castle stage. And this is something I technically could still do, but I regret that in 10 years of going to Disney World, I have never woken up early enough to get to that welcome show. Like, I don't know why. I mean, I do because it's early and it just never happens. But one of these days I want to see the welcome show. But of course, now I can never see it outside the train station because that thing's gone. I just feel like it's a nice, magical way to start your day, you know? Absolutely. I think everybody should rope drop every park at least once. Just if nothing else, you feel the energy that's there. Yeah, as the yeah. People, like scramble to the attractions. Nothing will ever beat when Toy Story Mania first opened and people were rope dropping Hollywood Studios. And I did it one time. And literally the cast members going, no running, no running, as people just breathe right <laughs> by him. <laughs> like trampled him. and Yes. 
Pretty much. And then the one cast member who thought he was funny, who stood out in front of One Man's Dream as everybody was racing by, and he's like, mm. everybody's so excited to come to One Man's Dream! And it was like, yeah, no, nope. sir. Okay, he deserved to be trampled. <laughs> <laughs> the trampled man, it's like a... They deserve like a little Flintstones... A little, a little Flintstones line after they're trampled. <laughs> you thought your job was tough. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah, that's what I'm here for. In, in this line of things, I think they we're all echoing each other a whole lot, but I'd be remiss if I did not jump on the classic Disney retro bandwagon and, and throw classics out there like, I wish I could do Horizons one more time. I regret, this is a true regret, because those last couple years when it was open and I was a stupid child and I did not understand what was right there in front of me and that it was going to be going away and I would never get to write it again. I jumped on the bandwagon with my family. Ah, we can skip it. It's old. It's outdated. It's boring. You know, and now I just, I kind of shed a tear when I think about those moments. Uh, (laughs) Horizons. That's probably number one, to be honest with you, is Horizons. Um, Close second, though, is right next door and that's World of Motion. I mean... Just a massive scale dark ride. Yeah. On, on the level of like a spaceship Earth or something, you know? Um, imagination's in there. Alien Encounter is certainly in there. There's a lot of stuff I loved about that attraction. Now, these are all things you did, right? Yeah, one time or another. I don't remember World of Motion at all. I remember Horizons, Imagination, certainly Alien Encounter, because uh, I was 10 when it came out and I was terrified. Um,. So, so those things. I really do wish one of the iterations of the Delta Dream Flight, Take Flight, If You Had Wings thing was still there. I kind of liked those. I mean, I got I liked those kind of kitschy dark rides. World of Motion, Flights of Wonder, and that kind of thing. Um, if I were to go back and um, go way back in the time machine for Hollywood Studios, I'd say the old Backlot Tour that included all the walking tours and the the special effects shows from Honey, I Shrunk the Audi, uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and uh, the, the full water tank show, and then the residential street. I mean, the whole thing. It was like an hour, two-something two hours, wasn't it? I think so, um, yeah. When it first opened, it was a massive attraction, that, and the, just some original versions of attractions here and there. Um, but, but those are the biggies, those kind of retro living seas. I mean... I would pay a lot of money. I'd do like a monthly payment plan for the rest of my life to be able to ride the living seas again. <laughs> like a small that's a, mortgage. That's a big commitment. Yeah, I would. It makes me kind of sad talking about these things because you can watch most of these on YouTube now, but it's just not the same. Like, gosh, what I wouldn't give to sit in imagination and watch the Dreamfinders Dreammobile or whatever that thing was called, you know, going off beside me. Good year, Blimp. <laughs> yes, that was yeah. its official name. Uh, well, I think I think we take a lot for granted at Walt Disney World. Like, think about how many times you ride an attraction, or you've been in the parks and you didn't ride something. You're like, eh, I'll ride it my next trip. I mean, really, nothing is sacred there, so it could be gone by the next time you go. You guys, I cry myself to sleep every night thinking about the fact that I didn't do Lights, Motors, Action one more time. <laughs> before it went away. <laughs> yeah, that's not true. Oh, speaking of one more time, did you all see the the little video release of the Main Street Electrical Parade coming back to Disneyland? 
I thought it was one of the best ad campaigns that Disney yeah. had out. It may, almost made me miss it here. <laughs> I know. Isn't that funny? How I, I've yeah. been like so glad it's gone. And then when they showed that, I'm like, oh, I want to see it again. <laughs> I mean, so romanticized. You know it's just covered up in the back of some truck somewhere on the interstate bumping around and stuff. But yeah, it was, if you haven't seen it, just go check out Disneyland Facebook page or something. You'll, you'll see it. It's spectacular. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about things we regret doing. I mean, maybe they're not, maybe they are one-time experiences or a restaurant or whatever, or maybe they're just things that like you did and now looking back, you wish you had done a little bit differently. You meet things in Walt Disney World, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not just in life. Uh, no, uh, let me let me go ahead and say this. I think we all agree that we don't regret doing really anything. I mean, at least I don't. Right. But there are things that if I could do them again, I would do differently. And I just thought of one. So let me throw it out there first, if that's all right. Yeah. Yeah. If I could do it all over again on our first trip, I wish we would have done Hoop-dee-doo Review instead of the Hawaiian show. Ooh, oh, yes. For sure. Um, simply because I still haven't done Hoop-dee-doo Review yet, and uh, I want to. But I feel like the quality of the show and the experience is way higher than the luau. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Like, there are certain things where I'm like, ooh, that was bad. Like staying at All-Star Sports, for example, which we've <laughs> talked about on the show. But I don't necessarily regret it because now, A, I've checked another hotel off my list. And B, I can warn people. I can be a good Samaritan and say, don't stay at All-Star Sports. But you regret it. <sighs> I really don't. I mean... You don't regret the opportunities that it presented, but, I mean... You could say that with anything in life. Like, I wish I hadn't made that decision, but I learned from it. <laughs> yeah, I learned from it, which is why I don't regret it. So, and it didn't ruin my vacation by any means, but anyway. Um, some of the things I, these, I guess these are things that maybe first-timers can learn from. If, if they, you know, respect my opinion, maybe they'll hear this and be like, no, I wouldn't regret that. So that's fine. Uh, but these are things that I wish I'd known because I would have done them a little differently. One is I would walk more places because I do this now. Like for instance, the boat that goes from Epcot to Hollywood Studios. Every time I get on that thing, at the very first stop, I'm like, why did I ride this? <laughs> like it's so <laughs> hot. And like it it kind of has um a certain mystical feel about it. Maybe not mystical, but like you're like, I'm on a boat from Epcot to Hollywood Studios. It feels so regal, sort of. And then there are so many dang stops, and it's so hot in there. It's like hot yoga, is that what you mean? I don't think that's what I mean either. Um, but every time I ride it, I'm like, gosh, why? It's so hot in here. Why did I ride this? And so, and then every time I walk, I'm like, this is such a nice walk. I don't know why. I, maybe if it's not, a, maybe not if it's 100 degrees, but. In most cases, I always am glad I took the scenic route. Like, even the tram in the parking lot, I almost always walk. But every once in a while, I'm like, oh, that's a really long walk. Let's just take the tram. And then halfway waiting for everyone else to board, I'm like, why did I take this tram? Anyway, so I guess my regret would be not walking more. <laughs> 
Because at Walt Disney World, nobody walks in. <laughs> yeah. As I say that loud, it sounds stupid. I don't think anybody has that regret about Walt Disney World. Uh, I realize it sounds stupid, but I'm just saying, don't be afraid to walk places. That's true. You uh, empowered I, me to walk. And <laughs> another regret I have is eating at um, Coral Reef. I would not eat there if we could. If I could, if I could go back, if I could turn back time. That should just be the theme song tonight. Just every time we turn into the category. I would tell myself, don't waste your time eating there because I just did not enjoy that experience no, at all. I don't think any of us did. And there's too many good restaurants in Epcot to waste your time at Coral Reef. If I knew that waiter's name, I would add him to Matt's list with Cheryl and Danielle. Yes. <laughs> Nameless, uh, anonymous, uh, crazy man. Ugh. A couple things on my list of things I regret doing, which I'd never done. Um, all of mine come down to food, simply because that's that one part of your vacation that... And this is what makes it so irritating when it's not good, or it's not a good experience. That's the one part of your vacation that you are going to that one place that one time on your vacation and you don't have the option of just going somewhere else after you know you make a bad reservation you have a bad experience you're probably not going to go snag a, a reservation for a better experience and go eat a second dinner so once it's like happening you're like yep this is what tonight's going to be and this is you know, that's, this was a mistake <laughs> that's about it um one glaring example of that was uh my experience at the garden grill Episode one, I think you can listen to <laughs> Mad Chatters. Um, I, I will not go into details. It was a, it was just a, it was just bad, all around service. The food was good, the portion, all that kind of stuff was weird. Again, episode one, go listen to it. Um, I would say also in that category of um, regrets and in, in terms of food and dinner is, uh, <laughs> ironically, the two times I've had dinner at the Crystal Palace. Um, just, just don't go there for dinner. Just don't do it. Go for yeah. breakfast. Just don't, just don't do dinner. And and you know, really honestly, looking back on it in terms of I'm here and I'm miserable and I wish I hadn't done this. Those are really the only two times I've ever had that experience. Wow. Oh. Because of and, and really in those places because of the amount of money you're spending, the amount of time you were wasting, and again the fact that you don't get a plan B. Now that's it. That's what you, you're doing for that night, and that's one night down of your vacation that was terrible because of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got a few food-related ones as well. One is the dining plan. Like, when we went the first time, we did it because it was free, correct? Yeah. And it was amazing, and I loved everything about it because it's so convenient. So when I took my parents for the first time, or I took, like, kind of, not took, but my whole family went... I was like, hey, let's do the dining plan. It's so cool, you guys. Everything's already paid for before you go. And then, like, the more I learned about the dining plan, I was like, wow, that was just not a good deal at all. Yeah. And we ate at Mama Melrose, which, another regret, because that place is just <laughs> not good. So, overall, I was like, yeah. I wish I would known more about the dining options and had not locked ourselves into the dining plan just because it's convenient. Um, I, some, for some families, it's great. But for us, that trip, I think it was a mistake. Um, also, now that we have discovered Contempo Cafe, and now that I love it so much, I wish I hadn't 
been so stuck to the um, the notion that you have to eat a quick service restaurant in the park. Like, okay, where oh, are we going to See, eat? I was going to go this route, but I was waiting for a later category. But I'll, I'll throw in my two pennies on that one, too. Yeah, so I'm just thinking, like, you know, when you're in Magic Kingdom and you're like, okay, should we eat at Pecos Bills or Columbia Harbor House? Well, you know, it's really not that much longer to take a break from the park and go to Captain Cook's at the Polynesian or... You know, even before you start your day, get a quick service breakfast at the Mara or something. Like, I, there's more than just what's in the parks. And I wish yes. I had discovered that longer ago. I, I concur. And my final thing I regret doing that's restaurant related is going to the same restaurant again. Ohana being the one exception. But when we took our friend David, we ate at San Angel Inn again because we liked it the first time. And that's fine. But there are so many restaurants in Disney World that I have still not been to because we went to Whispering Canyon a second time. And we went to San Angel a second time. Um, there may be a few mm -hmm. I'm forgetting. Uh, and it's not that I didn't enjoy those meals a second time. But now I feel like I've missed out on other restaurants because we did that. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'd almost rather have a subpar experience at a new restaurant than a good experience at a restaurant I've already been to. And miss and miss it. Yeah. Miss yeah. an opportunity. I mean. Exactly. Right. Oh. Why I did not mention this earlier, I did not know. But I'm checked off one of my resolutions. Oh. I checked off one of my third resolution in in uh, Derek's niche snack category. Oh, and I, that thought you, is, I thought you went to France over the weekend. Yeah, <laughs> no. I wish that would, that would be a thing. Um, no, we went over to Tomorrowland, made a special trip to the lawn, lunching pad uh, to get the cream cheese pretzel. Um, and? I think I have the same review that you did. What was your review again? What was your thoughts? Oh, I don't think I talked about it on here. I loved it. You loved it? I said it was better than the chicken waffle sandwich. Oh, I thought it was okay. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's a cream cheese pretzel. Like, it's not going to elevate any more than that. For some reason, when I heard cream cheese pretzel, I, I guess I just automatically thought like an Auntie Anne-style cinnamon sugar pretzel with a uh... sweet cream cheese filling. I thought, oh, that sounds delicious. It was just a pretzel with cream cheese in the middle. It felt like I was eating just like a bagel in the shape of a pretzel with, with cream cheese in the middle of it, which was fine. I wish I, you know, in the morning, maybe. Um, I was just looking forward. I, and that's my fault for misinterpreting what it was. It's not like it was bad. It's just when I got it, it's like, oh, well, this is just kind of bland and bagel with cream cheese like. Um. Which common sense would tell you is what it's going to taste like. But um, it's, one of those, it's just one of those things like, oh, well, I've tried it. Yeah. Check. Okay, well, I'm proud of you for at least trying it. I really enjoyed it. So I'm afraid you're... <laughs> if you thought that about the pretzel, then I'm afraid you're going to be really disappointed with the rest of my list, because that's one of my favorites. The magic cookie bar. Well, you told me not to add that to the list. I'll try it. Okay. Uh, I have one more item on the things I regret doing, and I think you're all going to agree with this. I very much regret spending a week at Walt Disney World, the most magical place on earth. And then on the last day of vacation, 
going to freaking Universal Studios. <laughs> what were we thinking? Oh, I know. That was terrible. Start your trip with Universal. As much as I enjoy Universal, when you go there after five days in Disney World, you realize, you, you notice every single thing that drives you crazy about that park. And you think, I paid full price for a one-day ticket at this dumb park, and it's three o'clock, and I'm already ready to go. Uh... Yeah, Universal either do it towards the beginning or it's a good mid mid trip break if, if you're going to do it. You know, go over there, see Harry Potter, all that stuff. So, okay. So our last category, at least our last official category, I'm sure we'll have more to talk about. But our last official category in this uh, Disney regrets is things that we just didn't have a, a good understanding of, things we wish we could do over again, whether it's some kind of scheduling. Um, food options or just things that we wish we would have known the first time we did it to have a better appreciation a better experience Um, so some of these things are going to kind of overlap but I think when 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 I really got into the Disney I'm gonna start by the way when when I really got into the Disney vacation planning thing really when we went in 2007 was the first time I had like sat down and planned a trip myself I probably would have been, and it's a lot easier to do this now with the app, so put that into perspective. I probably would have been less anxious about making dining reservations so far ahead of time. In fact, I would put this in the modern category, especially with the app and the availability of just switching a reservation or or making a reservation on the spot. Um, I, I probably would just be less, for lack of a better word, anal about getting that in order 180 days in advance it's exciting to do that and it's wonderful and that's one of those things we do tell first timers to be sure you do get your reservations in order so it's there but after you become kind of a regular and you kind of get the feel of things you kind of start to realize that you can pretty much snag a reservation sometimes on the day of for somewhere you want to go now you don't want to hinge on that But I'm much more of a kind of, let's just go with the flow and find something to do later. Um, The thing I didn't like once we started the whole reservation process was really being tied down to where you could go. Like you had to map out your evening. Like we're going to be here this night. And if you want to see Fantasmic, we need to be in the studios. And if we're in the studios, we need to eat at a table service at these resorts or in this park. And it is, let me just say this, it's entirely possible to have a wonderful experience without doing that. You might not be able to eat at all the places you want to, but you can eat at good places. And you can always find a reservation for a good restaurant when you want it, or at least around that time. So uh, no guarantees, but that's just one thing I kind of wish I would have known and would have kind of come to earlier. It does reduce the stress a little bit. Um, Yeah. Because I'm thinking like that luau night when we were running so late and we were so irritated by the time we got there. Which I guess that's a different story because it's a dinner show, but yeah, it, that we would were have matching just... our shirts and pants, and, and of course we are matching. Yes, yeah. Um, I wish I had done more research uh, before my very first trip to Disneyland back in 2000. Now, granted, I was 13. I don't even know if the internet was like a really big thing yet. I'm not very good with history, but I didn't know what I was doing at all. I'm sure I walked by 15 attractions and had no idea there were even attractions in those buildings. 
Um, I barely remember anything about that day just because we were like, oh, let's go do this. This says it has a 30-minute wait. We waited unnecessarily long for some attractions. We didn't stop to watch the fireworks. I don't know. I just, now that I've been to Walt Disney World more, I realize how important research is. I guess the thing that I would throw into this category is I wish I had a better understanding of certain things and maybe a different perspective on some things the first time I saw them. But I guess that's just life is maybe perhaps you just grow to love things or understand and appreciate things better as time goes on. But I'm specifically thinking like the first time I saw Illuminations, like I was like, eh, you know, but (laughs) now like it definitely, I, I have a totally different perspective and appreciation for what Illuminations is. But the first time you see it, you're like, this isn't Disney. Uh, yeah. What is this? <laughs> so, um, you know, th- there's certain things like that. I wish I would have appreciated things like the Maelstrom a little more the first few times I rode them because uh, now they're gone. Yeah, mm. I was torn on that, too. I was, I was thinking specifically of World Showcase, which we barely spent any time in at all that first trip. I mean, understandably so. We just had to choose... We had to make priorities, you know, because we didn't have a lot of time. And secondly, Jungle Cruise, because I hated that so much (laughs) the first time we wrote it. And I remember when we went the second time and it was closed, I was like, yes, it's down for refurbishment. (laughs) And now it's one of my favorites. And I think it's because I just didn't really understand the concept the first time I wrote it. But like you, like, if I had understood it, would I appreciate it less now because I didn't have to learn to love it? You know, like it never yeah. had time to grow on me. So I don't know. It, it's hard to say. But yeah, there are definitely things that I definitely have a better appreciation and a better understanding of now. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Derek, as well. I believe Animal Kingdom has grown a lot on you as well from our first couple of trips. Yeah, I would say you're definitely right about that. Because if there's two things Derek hates, <laughs> it's animals and the heat and animal kingdom both seem to have those things for you yes oh my gosh you're so right well you're right at the time now i love heat like honestly seriously give me a hundred degree summer day i'll take it uh but yeah you're right isn't that funny i think it's because and this is another regret i have i think the first time i went everything we did i compared to what i knew which was amusement parks Six Flags. Like, I expected Disney to be just kind of a better version of those things, but it's really not even in the same category. And I think that's maybe why Animal Kingdom was a letdown for me that very first trip, because it's like, where are the rides? Where are the shows? You know? Yeah. Um, and now, like, I can see the beauty of the theming, and... Um, it's like what my Angelou says. When you know better, you do better. Hmm. Mm. just didn't know better. It's true. I didn't. I have seen the light. I think everybody regrets this about Walt Disney World at some point or another. And that is all the times that I fell into the trap and still do. All the times I fell into the trap of getting from one attraction to the next and making my Walt Disney World experience a point A to point B, get it done. Um, kind of thing and not slowing down and appreciating the things that I love so much about Walt Disney World like the environments and the settings and the themes and the intricate details 
with the lightings and lightings, the lights and the trash cans and the landscaping around you and the background music loops and all those things that um, everyone can kind of just skip over very easily. And we all do it if we're not paying attention because we're just hustling, hustling and bustling with the crowd to the next quote unquote ride. And that's not what Walt, Walt Disney World is for. Hmm. So I regret all the times I fell into that trap. And um, I have resolved to do better. Listen, that's why I tell people, you got to take a little time to find the magic. Mm. In every day. That is your shtick. <laughs> we have learned that lesson from Walt Disney World. That there's even magic to be found on the pathway between point A and point B. So mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Um, you know, earlier we were talking about learning to appreciate certain things. I think about California Grill every now and then because we ate there and it is one of the most, is one of the finer dining options in all of Walt Disney World. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't tell you a single thing about that meal. It's like, why did I not appreciate that more at the time? Yeah. Because who knows the next time I'll be back there. Because you yeah. didn't know better. It's true. But as my Angelou says... <laughs> Yeah, Lord. I, I think one Maya Angelou quote per episode is quoted. Oh, you've reached it. Um, also, I didn't realize until just a few years ago that if you stay on property, correct me if I'm wrong, you can take your car to the parks and park for free, right? Yes. I kind of wish I had known that because, like, back to the Luau story, and there were a few other times where we were racing because we waited forever for a bus. And then, you know, we ha- you have to make a connection because buses don't go from resort to resort. It's like, why didn't we just take a car a couple of those times? That was kind of dumb. Yeah. S- uh, speaking of that, I have I have two regrets that happened in the same night. And <laughs> it was the our, our trip in 2009 with our friends Jamie and Heidi and my then-girlfriend, now wife, Jessica. It's the trip on which we were engaged. And by the last trip, by the last day of the trip, we were we were already engaged, and uh, we were we had a dinner at the Whispering Canyon Cafe that night with with all four of us. We decided to try to take Disney transportation. We did not go to the Magic Kingdom and get the boat, as is always my recommendation in getting to the Wilderness Lodge. We got somewhere and then took a bus, and this was ill advised. It was raining. It was very cold on the bus. It was a very long, curvy kind of bus ride out there because they've intentionally cut the path there through the woods. And it was just, it was miserable. Everybody was miserable by the time we got there, which which tends to be a theme for people going to the Whispering Canyon, uh, getting miserable on the way there, and some of us being miserable while we're there. Um, That was something. That night was our last night. And it was kind of raining, but not enough to be like, oh, it's pouring. And um, I had the opportunity to go into the park. The other per- the, uh, the others weren't going. Um, Jessica said, I'll go with you if you want to go. Let's go. But I, I really knew she didn't want to, and the others didn't want to. So I just said, no, let's go on back to the, the hotel. They did not get that last night in the Magic Kingdom like I wanted. Looking back on it, every time I look back on it, we should have just gone. Hmm. Just had a good old time in the rain. Got some ponchos. You know, we probably could have made some wonderful memories. Yeah. But we went back to the hotel and, and packed to, to leave. And that was sad. 
Don't take this the wrong way, you two, because I enjoyed every second we spent together in Walt Disney World. But sometimes, I, sometimes I look back and I think I never went off on my own simply because that kind of scared me. And now that I've toured the park solo a few times, I kind of wish I... I don't know. I, I, I can't think of anything specifically I did just because you guys wanted to and I was miserable or anything like that. Um, but even just to take like an hour, I remember one night, Matt, you went back to, uh, Magic Kingdom and Jeremy and I didn't. Like, I wish I had taken more opportunities like that to just be like, well, I'm going to go ride this if that's okay with you guys. Yeah. Because touring the park solo is not as scary as it might sound. Not, it doesn't even sound scary, but. Uh... Well, it did to me at the time. Scary might not be the right word. <laughs> like, I wasn't afraid of getting kidnapped or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I need an adult. <laughs> <laughs> all right well does that wrap up all the regrets that you guys have or that you can think of for now because i know a week from now we're going to regret not saying something that we wanted to say uh, regret a, a regret uh, yes exactly i think the thing i regret is uh we did not start this show sooner mm. you mean tonight <laughs> yes because it's late <laughs> uh no i'm so tired we, we talked about doing a podcast for many months before we actually decided to do a podcast. And looking back, we should have just jumped right in. You're right. I mean, I think we talked about it for years before it was finally like, why are we doing this? Yeah. Well, with that, I think that's all the regrets we have for this show. Um, be sure to reach out on Twitter at Mad Chatters or Facebook or Instagram and let us know some of the regrets you have some maybe some first timers can learn from your mistakes um send your emails to comments at madchatters.net we always love hearing from you guys thanks so much for listening we'll see you next week take a little time to find the magic in every day the worst regret of all is not having things to regret Okay, (laughs) take two.